0: Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television license fee. I'm on the, the Railway Children Episode 5 Rejuvenation of the Railway In 1997,
1: and derailment in Knock Crockery changed the future of the railway in Ireland in a significant way. Then Minister for Public Enterprise, Mary O'Rourke, spearheaded the operation.
0: 5th
2: of November, 1997. It was a Saturday and I was here at home with Enda. I was doing a clinic, I think, and I got a telephone call from a CIE man in Dublin to tell me that a train had derailed in our crockery, so up uh, I Came with me and out we went to our crockery to see. Now he told me on the phone: there's no one injured, there's two gone to hospital, but they're out again. And there's no one dead, but it was really derailed. So I went out to our crockery to see the train perched all on its side, and they were very lucky where it went to off the track. There was a bank of land. So it rested against the bank of land, which was wonderful, because the derailment came to a stop pretty sharp, you know, the bank of land stopped it. So the the inspectors were there, the railway inspectors and all the rest of it, and they told me that, um, they showed me a fish plate, which was the thing which linked two of the necessary things to the track, the date on it was 1893 and I said my god and they said all over Ireland there were fish plates like that and that lot of the track was unsafe now I was a new minister in a new government and I thought what did all the other ministers do I was happy no one had been injured but I I knew I couldn't stay in that job Ursula if I was now possessed of the fact which I was that all over Ireland there were dangerous tracks
1: which there were and it only came to light because of the accident in that property. nobody ever told me in CIE when I went into the job
2: no one told me in the department but I knew I had so I went to cabinet I remember distinctly going to cabinet with my plan because we got in railway engineers um, sort of consultants yes. so I went to cabinet and I told them all about it and I said massive work has to be done so we devised there was a very good fellow in the department called Tom and we worked out three five year plans we're just out of the last plan and they were they laid out all the railways in Ireland in order of severity you know in order of when they need what they need it and how they needed it And I've always been very pleased about it there was huge debate at Cabinet Cabinet just didn't say ok we'll have that I mean as you can imagine it was going to cost millions you know, a lot of money and we, we didn't have a lot of money but uh, they said are the railways worth keeping because earlier on Jim Mitchell had been in a, a coalition with previous government, the Fitzgerald government he had been Minister for Transport and they took a decision that they were going to close a lot of the non-viable lines now they actually never went forward with it because they went out of government you know but oh yeah there was quite a debate at cabinet should we not scrap the railways but I said, are you ready to take that decision? That's another decision altogether. I'm here looking for money for the, to reimagine, to reinvigorate the rail track. I'm not here to close it down. And I didn't come with, it, with a, an idea to close it down. That I means it would have been terrible disruption to rural life.
1: Former Lone Town Mayor John Butler, a railway worker during this time, gives his thoughts on the aftermath of the crockery derailment.
3: One of the greatest things that happened was that government realised that railways were in a desperate state. Trains breaking down, the operational system of the railways failing, and we were only in, within a, a hair's breadth of a major incident. we were unfortunate that there wasn't lessons learned from the footmans. Since a disaster, the Gormanstown disaster, where within Burroughs there was a number of fatalities and uh, no investment, no real move of any type of change. And when the Rema took place outside the crockery, it was realization that uh, that was because. 40 track and Mary rock minister at the time, went to cabinet, sought a major safety review of the whole railway and it was a major transformation not only for within road and stock, new signal system, new track system it was a complete review of how we operated most people on the railway operated Worked seven days a week, no rest periods, mm. all that was looked into. And it actually transformed railway workers' lives because suddenly you were on a five day a week, uh, there was an increase in your basic wages because the basic wage used to be small, but it was almost over. Time. So that that was all managed and constructed and negotiated, and really, people then were getting a very, very good wage for working five days a week, and it gave people uh, a sense. It did certainly give me a sense of life, because I always worked seven days a week, and suddenly I had two days off, and I had to find things to do got an opportunity to give more time to my kids There was great opportunities fantastic opportunities and it well recognised the major contribution and has been f- uh, considered widespread by relevant people all over the country only for Mary or all nothing would happen to the relatives
2: they had some kind of a convoluted timetable it had to do with consecutive days on and consecutive days off. So we re imagined all of that and it gave better conditions and better wages to the railway people. I thought they've got better tracks now, that's for the customers. We've got to do something about the wages that time. Now they're quite good, well, they're, they're reasonably good, but they were quite bad at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think if they made up their wages with their overtime, with their extra...
2: Yeah, and often overtime would be done when you had done a full week, you know, which is good for the brain or the body.
1: Or family life. Or
2: family life, no, true for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Of the upgrades rolled out during this time, swapping timber sleepers for concrete and welding rails were improvements that made trains safer and faster while eliminating a familiar sound that is sure to be remembered for nostalgia for many. Derek Kiernan explains.
4: There was a, a gap between the, each track and when the, wheel, when the wheel came in contact with that it clickety-clicked and you'd hear it continuously on a the train there, you'd, you'd hear it from Dublin to Galway on chair, as it was constantly going over all the giants. Clickety-click. we mm. were all timber sleepers. And then years later they had replaced them then with the concrete sleepers. There was no giant between the tracks, they were a continuous, they were welded together. To do with the, the new modern trains there and they were a lot quicker and a lot less noise over like as they used to be years back and you'd hear the click click there when the when the wheel was hitting the giant The only giants on them now is if you're coming into the the stations there, the likes of the Dublin station there, where they have to have to just put down tracks there to bring the trains up closer.
1: Railway preservation and celebrating the people of the railway are important parts of remembering a long legacy for generations to come. In 2001 the town of Atlone celebrated the 150th anniversary of the railway with a book and an exhibition. John Butler was the chairperson on the committee and has fond memories of the experience.
3: We based that anniversary on the reunies of the family and the families and we were fortunate enough to be able to get uh, the Graphic Arts Centre from the AIT in North Gay Street and we were to stage um, a three day exhibition over a weekend and it extended to uh, sixties because of the demand of people wanting to see the photographs various different memorabilia that was given to us from families and uh, the number of visitors that attended that That was a fantastic success but um also the, the book that book was commissioned for that and um, it was a great credit to the people that was involved in that late Mrs. Gatley Peter Murray, Brendan Smith were very much involved in the whole development of that book and um, uh, is is something that I find very valuable because it's something that I was able to give over the years since then to so many different people. I remember even um, meeting Brian and his wife Senior Ian and one day she was travelling on the train and I gave her a copy of the book and she came back to me afterwards and says it was a great read because she, from her time living in Acton she knew some of the, a lot of the names and a lot of the families that was in the book and she really enjoyed it and that's the thing about it it's about reading people and people can remember when they read this book the, and the stories of, of, of real life uh, the reeling about, and sometimes about people that uh, they knew within their life In
1: 2015, as part of a campaign to build a cycle track from Dublin to Galway the disused railway track from Mullingar to lawn was reopened as a cycle track called the Greenway Route Jim Denby played a big role in the development known as Destination Athlone Project.
5: I was delighted um, when it was announced uh, that uh, Westmead County Council had done a deal with uh, Irn Road Ern to lease the railway line from Athlone to Mullingar, which is the old disused line, and turn it into a walking and cycling track. Now it's not a speed track, it's a, it's, it's a leisure track. And uh, So that's completed. It's only opened a year and it has proved uh, really, really popular. And it's for walkers and cyclists and people with prams and dogs provided that they're on leads, etc.
1: And is there toilet facilities in that? The
6: Uh,
5: the toilet facilities at the moment, in actual fact, are those offered by um, the towns on the way. Like, uh, for example, um, in Moat, there's no problem because the golf club is is right alongside the track and they have a sign uh, to say these services are available. I'm not sure beyond Streamstown, but um, it will happen. It will happen in due course. And uh, it's a wonderful facility because uh, yesterday morning I was sitting here and it just droves of people going up Street Road and heading for the track. Local people using it. Uh, you'll see small bikes, big bikes. You'll see um, families. You'll see little ones uh, with their bikes starting off as well. And I think it's absolutely a fantastic facility. It also is bringing little companies, setting up facilities where there are bike hire companies and there are two or three at it at the moment. And so it has created small businesses or given the opportunity for people to set up or expand their business, providing uh, rental um, hire, etc. for people who want to come and just hire a bicycle. There's one company in particular, and they'll give the guests a bicycle. They want to go to Mullingar. He will travel later in the evening, bring their luggage and bring the bicycles back. It's a fantastic service. The cycle track is up and running. Phase two is on hold at the moment. There was a change of government, as you know, and the funding is in place in the department. That's just on hold at the moment. It will happen because it's part of the national cycling route that's going to take us from Dublin all the way to Galway.
1: We take a trip to the entrance of the cycle track in Gary Castle and happen upon a family about to depart on a leisurely cycle. We've bumped into a beautiful family who are about to take off on the track. Neve is going to be our, our spokesperson, isn't that right, Neve? Have you ever been on this cycle track before? No, no. And what are you looking forward to?
0: Um, having a good cycle and getting fit. I like it.
1: Getting fit And, and, enjoying, and have I you have I you been I cycling think. before? Have you been practicing? Yeah, we we always
0: cycle as a family.
1: Do we? And where would you normally cycle to?
0: We'd cycle like a, we'd make up new ways, and we just cycle there. Yeah.
1: Okay. So how far are you going to go on this new cycle track from Athlone? To moat? To moat, yeah. To moat. How long do you think it will take you? An hour and 45, maybe. Okay, okay. It's a beautiful day here at the cycle track. You're all ready to take off? Yes. Yeah. All right, Niamh. Thank Enjoy you. your journey. Another example of railway history being restored for contemporary purposes is the steam trains utilised by the Railway Preservation Society of Ireland. We take a trip from Atlone to ballinasloe on their locomotive number 4 steam train and speak to some of the volunteers and passengers on board. What speed would we have been travelling at roughly?
6: Uh, the locomotive goes at about sixty miles an hour. Now I'd say this trip it's quite. I think we were kind of doing more gentle pace. I'd say we were doing probably maybe thirty or forty. I'd say. Um, but yeah, the maximum speed it could do is up to up to sixty miles an hour. And
1: you're all volunteers.
6: Yeah, that's right. We're all volunteers. All Volunteer organisation. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, what's your name?
6: Uh, my name is Nicky Cox, I'm a, a volunteer at the RPSI, today working on the locomotive. Um, we usually a uh, carriage steward, uh, do restoration carriages and intercoir works, um, but you know, it varies everywhere.
1: Uh, and yourself, sir? Uh, my name is Martina. I'm a volunteer with the RPSI as well. I'm part of the crew now over two years, and we run events on board from Halloween trains, to Santa trains. Um, we are, well, we specialize in with the radio train. radio train? The radio train. The radio train would have been very popular with CIE from the 1960s to the early 90s, and basically they ceased and we are now doing, uh, we done, ran our first radio train from Dublin Connolly out to Kilkenny and return. And while they're on board with the radio train, they can actually do uh, requests and we have a lot of music playing, a lot of music mix, and then um, passengers then get off and enjoy themselves in Kilkenny and then they can come back then to Dublin Connolly. It's an actual great day and there's a great mix and a great hype about it as well. How are you enjoying your journey? Absolutely fantastic. You're sitting in the, in the um, food carriage. Yes, yes. And it's absolutely... Can you credit us, white tablecloth, lamp, yeah. flowers, flowers. Lace, flowers, everything. Down to <laughs> yes, yes. And what about yourself? What's your name? It's Grace. Grace. Well, how have you enjoyed your trip, Grace? That's really nice. Very, very nice. And I didn't get your first name, Annie. Oriel. Oriel. Okay. Well, I hope you're enjoying your trip. And it's just brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I wasn't expecting this. Didn't know what to expect. But I didn't expect this. Just think it's absolutely gorgeous. Really gorgeous. Coming towards the end of our railway journey, we invite all the people we have met to join us for a railway reunion in the station house bistro. A newly opened restaurant adorned with old railway photographs and memorabilia, just a short walk from the Great Southern Station. During the meetup, Bill Sheriff treats us to a railway song and shares some memories of his granddad. Down
4: around the corner, half a
0: mile from here, feeling the and you watching this when I love, Would you be right now?
6: I used to sit on the the banks just below the castle well it's no longer a castle now we have the water tower up there and and I used to watch the trains there was a particular little train with a a green engine I used to like that would be shunting up and down and one day I got to go on another steam train and below the whistle so after that then sure I was addicted for life I grew up between Iona Park and the Batteries, I was in the Iona Park until I was about six years of age and from then on I lived in the Batteries. So living right beside the railway, my granddad being a railway driver, uh, I actually spent quite a, a good deal of time either looking at trains or actually being on them. Uh, my grandfather wasn't one for uh, keeping the rules so he used to bring us on the trains with him and I remember one memorable occasion when we were going to Westport and um, He asked me to take the wheel, Now I didn't know at the time, but there was two wheels and one wheel was engaged and the other wheel was disengaged, it was like an emergency driving wheel and uh, I don't know what age it was, it could have been 8 or 9, I forget what it was anybody says, take the wheel Bill, and I took the wheel and he says, take it easy going around them corners now, of course the wheel wasn't engaged, he was actually driving it the whole time, but to an 8 or 9 year old uh, it felt like I was driving a train, so that's one of my best memories another memory I have and which is probably a potentially very dangerous one was that I discovered some things in the shed one day and uh, I got the hammer out they looked nice and bright and I started beating them with the hammer the next time I heard this roar from the grandfather drop that hammer And I is "Why, granddad he says they're fog warnings they're explosive charges so if you hit them hard enough he says you wouldn't have a head on you now <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I'm a lucky to be here really
5: what you be, right yeah, oh, be right now, yeah, with a love,
0: where would you be right now, yeah, with a love, where would you be right
1: Guest chat over tea and scones, reminiscing days gone by. Something that we had that other children didn't have, the railway children, always had a free pass to go on the train. So we were always brought to Galway. And just like just like Brighton's story, spent the day down there. We were brought into the Rockland Hotel on the way back to the station before we came home for, to have our tea, and that was a big treat for us and what about your granddad he lived where he lived in number one uh, railway cottages and um that was always a treat for us to go visiting on a sunday out to see nana grandma norton my granddad was dead at that time by the time we were small we have lovely photographs taken in the gardens everybody stood at his gateway to look at his flowers because he was a brilliant really gardener and i think i take after him because i love gardening too Jean, how are you doing? Have you enjoyed this afternoon? I have, it's been absolutely lovely and I see familiar faces all around me. I'm only seeing them now. (laughs) Thanks very much, Jean. Vera, what about yourself? Have you enjoyed this afternoon?
2: Absolutely fantastic and I'm delighted
1: I made the effort to come even the weather was so bad but it's lovely to be here everyone is so nice and enjoying themselves. And can I thank you Vera because you were one of the people that inspired me to come up with this idea. Well thank you very much and you're very welcome anytime. Thanks very much Vera. Jim, um, the start of your journey with the railway children.
5: Uh, yes well of course I'm here representing a new generation of cycling on the new old uh, railway track which we absolutely love and a fantastic facility for that for the locals and also for our tourist traffic as well
1: but we wouldn't be here without all those railway going before you us. would not be here so we'll call you one of the railway children from oh, now on as well Jim yeah. <laughs> that's Jim Denby thank you very very thank much, very much
5: thank,
2: thank you,
1: you. My name is Mary McEverley, and my dad was Jimmy Brown. He was a train driver with CIE. So it's lovely to meet some of his former colleagues and people who actually knew him by sight, even if they didn't know him personally. So I've had a lovely evening here with fellow Browns
5: whom I didn't actually know before.
1: The Browns all unite. What about yourself,
0: I'm Declan?
5: Jackson? I'm Declan, and we had a lovely afternoon, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. My wife went in with me, and we're delighted to be here.
1: There was a name on the house that you lived yeah, in the yeah, railway?
5: When we lived there, there were two houses there, as I explained previously, and it was called 1 and 2 South View. The road going up here from the Crescent was a private road, and it was cloned off every Good Friday, blocked off, became CAO on it, and it was private road, and they had to seal it off one day here. year.
1: And did it stop at the hospital?
5: Stop at the hospital, yeah. stop before the hospital.
1: Didn't know that, Jekyll. There you go,
5: you learn a little every day. What's your wife's name? Enda. Uh, Enda.
1: It has been a lovely get-together. I think yeah, a lot exactly. of the people have enjoyed it themselves. Yeah, and it's nice talking to people that they didn't really know. New friends. Yeah, nice, yeah. New railway <laughs> friends. Yeah. I'm not often stuck for words. I cannot thank each and every one of you so much for giving us the time, telling us the stories, taking time out of your day. Fabulous stories. And those who came and told the stories on behalf of other people. I cannot thank you enough, each and every one of you, for bringing us into your home and into your heart. And uh, the railway children will stay with me forever.
3: I started in 1995 to to the present day, there's been huge, huge changes, and you know the rail has been very good to us as a family, as uh, people of loan. I'm sure there's a lot more to come, you know.
2: I lived in O'Connell Street, and the railway station was just
1: down beside me, and then when I got married, I moved across the town, and the railway station moved with me, so the railway station, I've always lived beside the railway station, and trains are very
2: much part of my life.
1: I am so happy I was a railway child. Great memories, very, very happy childhood.
3: With all my years on the railway, I met and mixed with some of the finest people you'd meet in a lifetime. And I have nothing really to hide the pressure.
5: The train whistle blowing as it trundles along the track. On the journey across the great white bridge from east to west
1: and by,
4: now it carries me homeward bound as I bring the curtain down on a
5: wandering life spent far away from my native at home town.
0: Presented by Ursula Ledwith. Produced and edited by Amanda Gunning. Sound engineer Kyle McCallum. Music by the Behan family Tom O'Neill and Bill Sheriff. The contributors to this episode were Mary O'Rourke, John Butler, Derek Kiernan, Jim Denby, Nikki Cox, Martina Hand, Oriel and Grace, Bill Sheriff. Carmel Connolly, Jean Coyle Farrell, Vera Harkins Behan, Mary McEvely, Declan and Enda Brown, Damian Milton, Dimpen and McGuire, Mary Murray McGuire, and Paddy Leehan. Special thanks to the Station House Bistro, Athlone Down Memory Lane, and Athlone Community Radio. Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the Television Licence Fee.